Welcome to Sundays with Montrose Bible Church. We're glad you tuned in as Pastor Matt leads us in a study of God's Word. Good morning. For those who don't know me, my name is Daniel Farringer, and I'm honored and privileged to declare the Word of God to you this morning. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. As you are turning there, I'd like to begin by giving some background and context to Proverbs chapter 3 as we study it this morning. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. The majority of Proverbs was written by King Solomon with other men contributing parts to it as well. The purpose of Proverbs is to give practical wisdom to live well and rightly for the glory of God. It was written so that the young and all people might pursue wisdom and discretion by listening to the wise that their life might glorify God and be blessed. It is believed that the book of Proverbs was likely compiled at a later date, roughly around 700 B.C. One scholar noted that Solomon wrote Proverbs likely in the middle of his life, with Song of Solomon being written at the beginning of his life, and Ecclesiastes near the end of his life. Proverbs 1, verse 1, mentions Solomon as as the author by saying, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Solomon then, for two chapters, will begin his introduction and explanation for writing. It is written so that the readers may become wise, disciplined, and increase in learning. Learning is to begin in the fear of, of Yahweh, which is the beginning of knowledge, Proverbs 1, 7. The call is to hear, listen, and receive the instruction and discipline and not reject it. Fools reject and despise wisdom and follow the path of sinners. Wisdom is available. It comes by the grace of God through God. Yahweh gives wisdom, Proverbs 2, 6. You must receive the wisdom, incline your heart to its instruction, and seek it out. Wisdom will guide you and be a blessing to you and protect you from evil. However, the question I believe I must ask today is this. Are you ready to receive wisdom from the word and be disciplined by it? The fool will reject the wisdom, but the wise will listen. May we listen to the word and receive its rebuke. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 say this. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart guard my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let loving kindness and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good insight in the eyes of God and man. Trust in Yahweh with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Let's pray. God, you 
are all powerful. You all, you are all knowing. You are all present. Lord, you are righteous and just, merciful and gracious. But you are a righteous judge. And you are full of wrath because of sin. And so we are so thankful for Christ. That Christ took on flesh. He died for our sins. He rose again. And because of that, we have hope. Our faith is not in vain. Our hope is not wasted because you rose from the grave. And so, Lord, we come to your glorious, infallible, unchanging word of God this morning. Lord, cut us by your word. Help us to not be the fool who will reject the wisdom and run to sin and and pursue sin in every which way. Lord, help that not to be us today. Lord, help us to receive the wisdom of your word. Lord, help it to, to cut us today. Help us to be wise. Humble us by your word. Help us to receive its rebuke and obey. There is a great danger when we read the word of God, especially when we read passages of scripture that are familiar to us, passages that we have heard many times in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that, that we would behold your word clearly, truthfully, rightly this morning. Lord, that you would guide and guard the exposition of your word this morning. Lord, cut our hearts. Help us to receive your wisdom, your instruction, and apply it to your life. Lord, be honored and glorified in our midst, we pray this morning. In your son's name, we pray. Amen. Solomon begins these words of wisdom by saying, my son, which shows the the personal tone Solomon is striking with. Solomon is giving these commands, not in a vague way, but in a direct and personal way to the reader. He wants his readers to receive and learn from his wisdom. And experiences like a son would when listening to his father. 
Solomon tells his son, do not forget my law. Do not forget my instruction. We can think of Ephesians 6, where children are commanded to obey their parents in the Lord. So as Solomon's son would have heard his father's commands, he was to obey them. They were not to forget their father's instructions and commands. So it is with us. We are to obey our earthly father's commands in the Lord. But even more so, to obey our heavenly father's commands. Solomon's commands were likely based on God's commands, and even some of them, which we read, became the actual word of God. We must not forget God's law. The word law, which is used here, is the Hebrew word Torah, signifying law, doctrine, and teaching. We must not forget the law of God. Psalm 119, verse 16 says this, I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. We must delight in the law of the Lord and never forget God's word. It is good for our souls and necessary for our life. Next, Solomon says, but let your heart guard my commandments. We are called to protect and guard what we have been taught, especially the word of God. It begins not as an intellectual exercise in the mind, but with the heart. Our hearts should flow with love and joy as we guard the commandments. And that love and joy we experience as we guard his commandments are to flow to all aspects of our life. This command is only available because of the work God has done in our hearts by his spirit. Because of the spirit regenerating and recreating our hearts, he can take our wicked and vile hearts of stone and recreate them into a heart of flesh that desires to obey his commands and love him. It's truly only by his grace that our hearts can begin to guard his commands. And this command is not to be an abstract and boring exercise. No, it is to be a joyful and loving duty to guard his commandments with our heart. Our love for God and his word should cause us to guard his commands joyfully. We live in a day and age when this command is neglected and rejected at all levels. We live in a time when Christians would much rather prefer to let the word of God be softened by the heat of the culture than to guard the word. We are in days when many who profess the name of Christ will soften, remove, and seek to explain away the word of God in a way that leads to man's wisdom and rationale over the word of God. We reject the word of God. We submit it to our own wisdom. And I have seen it in my own heart and in our world today so clearly 
that we have taken the command to guard the word taught and have now made the command to say, but let your heart adjust my commands. May it never be. Lord, humble us. Lord, correct us. Help us to submit to your word and say, it is good and I will obey. I will love your word, submit to your word. I will guard your word from any errors, departures from it, and the softening of it. Help us, Lord, to remember your word and guard it for your glory and our good. Solomon then explains the blessings and good that come from remembering the word and guarding the word. In verse 2, he writes this, For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. There are great blessings when we follow the Lord's commands. We see here the, the first blessing of following the commands Solomon gives. In the first 10 verses in this chapter, we see both a command and a blessing. A command and instruction will be given, then it will be followed by a blessing. And one of the important elements to note is that Proverbs is a book of wisdom. It gives both general advice and will mention general blessings when that advice is followed. However hard the given advice is obeyed, it is not guaranteed that the blessing will result. The blessing often will come, but is not a promise or a guarantee in this life. So we ask the question, how should we think of these blessings when they aren't always guaranteed? First, regarding length of days and years of life, we can say reasonably that heeding and obeying the word of God will help us to be wise. It will help us to not be foolish. And it will help us to avoid situations in this life where death is more likely. Secondly, by knowing Christ, through confession and belief in Christ and repentance of sin, we have eternal life in Christ. And plain and simple, life is longer because of eternal life when we are with the Lord. Regardless of how many days we walk this earth. Solomon also says, and peace they will add to you. The Hebrew word for peace here is the word shalom. The word shalom often means wholeness, peace, blessing, and prosperity. The Lord's commands give us peace. They give us joy. They bring a calmness to our lives. And we have commandments that we get to trust and rest in. God is able to give us a peace that passes all understanding. Philippians 4, 7. The Lord Jesus mentioned multiple times while he was on earth that he gives us peace. Through the Lord's commands, 
we are blessed and have great peace as we rest and trust in God. Next, verse 3 says this. Do not let loving kindness and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. It begins with a command to not let loving kindness and truth forsake you. We are not to let the loving kindness God has shown us by his grace depart from us. We are able by his grace to do that by holding fast to the truth of God's word, by obeying the word of God, and seeking to do what is pleasing in God's sight. Later, Solomon would write in Proverbs 14, verses 21 through 22, He who despises his neighbor sins, but how blessed is he who is gracious to the poor. Will they not wander in error who devise evil, but loving kindness and truth will be to those who devise good. Loving kindness will be a result to those who do good by following God's commands. And later in scripture, we are commanded in Jude verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. How do we do that? By obeying his commands and holding fast to the truth. As we walk in that truth, we will be compelled to show both love and truth towards others. And we are not just to hold loving kindness and truth near us, but tightly to our bodies. In much the same way, the Israelites were commanded to hold fast to God's commands by teaching God's commands, discussing God's commands all day, binding them as signs on the hand and between their eyes and putting them on their doorposts. Solomon will later tell his son in Proverbs 6, verses 20 through 21, My son, observe the commandment of your father, and do not abandon the law of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. So we must hold fast and firmly to loving kindness and truth. Solomon then says to write them on the tablet of your heart. We are not just to hold loving kindness and truth towards us, to us, but to actually write it in our hearts. It is to become the heartbeat of our lives. We must hold fast to the loving kindness and truth God has given us and make it the heartbeat of our lives and share it with others. Then in verse 4, we see the blessing that results from it. It says this, So you will find favor and good insight in the eyes of God and man. We see yet another blessing following a command. When we are firmly planted in loving kindness and truth, it will lead to favorable outcomes for us. We will achieve both favor and good insight in the eyes of God and man. Wisdom from God 
his commands leads to favor with God. Solomon in Proverbs 8:35, speaking about wisdom, says this, For he who finds me finds life and obtains favor from Yahweh. Good insight comes from God's commands. Psalm 111, verse 10 says this, The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. Good insight belongs to all those who do his commandments. His praise stands forever. Both favor and good insight is an incredible blessing that we do not deserve and did not earn. Yet God has been so merciful and gracious towards us. God the Father has shown us great grace and mercy by sending Christ. Because of Christ's life, death, and resurrection, we can be reconciled back to a holy God. Praise God through the work of Christ. The vile sinners like you and me can find favor in the eyes of God. Oh, praise him. Thank him for his grace and mercy he has lavished on us. As we hold fast to loving kindness and truth and show it to to others, we find favor with men. As we follow God's word and do honest, God-glorifying work with our hands, as we love one another well in our daily affairs, it will likely lead to finding favor with men. But supremely and chiefly, we must seek to find favor with God, as that is the most important reality we must pursue in this life. And as we find favor with God, don't be surprised when man's view toward us is unfavorable. Christ Jesus, the God-man, a sinless man, was hated, and we are told by Christ, do not be surprised when you are hated by men because of my name. So we recognize the great blessing it is to find favor with God and realize that favor with man is not always given. Next, in verse 5, Solomon says this, Trust in Yahweh with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Solomon has taken the command from knowing and guarding the law to holding fast to the truth to now calling us to believe that the word is true and to live to show that it is true in our life. He calls us to trust. And this is where the challenge begins. Many will seek to know God's word and hold fast to his truth. But now the difficulty comes when we must apply the word to our life and act upon it as the foundation of our lives. We must trust in God completely, fully, with every part of our lives. 
And not just trust God in a theoretical understanding, but in actuality. So often we limit and restrict our trust in God. We repent of our sins and trust in Christ for salvation. And we say to yourselves, I've trusted in God. This command has been obeyed. But I ask, have we trusted in God? Have we really trusted in the triune God? Or do we just trust in one person of the Godhead, mainly Christ, with the other two persons of the Godhead rejected? Have we trusted in God the Father fully? Have we trusted in God the Son fully? Have we trusted in God the Spirit fully? Do we trust that God the Father is sovereign over everything and will accomplish his will and plan completely? Do we trust that God the Son came to this earth, lived a sinless life on this earth, died on the cross, and rose again, and is now at the right hand of the Father, being an advocate for the saints? Do we trust that God the Spirit is active and working, seeking to proclaim Christ, glorify God, and indwell believers to convict and be a helper to believers? Do we trust fully in God? Do we completely trust in the triune God? Do we trust in Yahweh with all our heart, as Solomon asks? Our trust in God must be with the totality of our life. It is not just to be true in our minds, but in our hearts. We must act in a way that shows that the full triune God is the heartbeat and trust of our lives. We trust in many earthly things. And many of those things without real consideration. We trust that our cars will get us from place to place. We trust the chairs we sit in without thinking often about if it will hold us. And the only times we begin to really consider our trust in earthly things is when they don't function how we think they should. But what about our trust in the Lord? Have we considered where our trust in the Lord is? Have we given our whole heart to trust in the Lord? Or do we need storms to make us consider where our trust is located. We must trust in Yahweh completely. In every storm, in every mountaintop, in the good days, in the hard days, trust him. Trust him when it's easy. Trust him when it's hard. Go trust him with your whole heart in all things. Remember that he is God and he is good. Charles Spurgeon said this about the believer trusting in God. The worldling blesses God when he gives him plenty, but the Christian blesses him when he smites him. He believes him to be too wise to err and too good to be unkind. He trusts him where he cannot trace him, looks up to him in the darkest hour, and believes that all 
is well. What better place to put our trust than in the triune God, who is sovereign over all things, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present? Go trust in God. Remember that he is God and you are not God. Remember his character and his word when the day is dark and hard. Go and trust him. Solomon then says, and do not lean on your own understanding. And this is where the command gets even harder. We're not just to trust in God, but also to not lean on our own understanding. Many will quote this verse and have this verse plastered in their house. But I wonder if they realize what this command is saying. That we are to forsake leaning on our own wisdom and submit to his wisdom and his understanding. We are not just to trust in him with our whole heart, but also lean not on our own understanding. We must abandon leaning on our own understandings, plans, wisdom, and ability, and put it under God's plan and God's hand. We do not reject the wisdom God has given us and act in a foolish manner, but instead we submit it under God's authority and trust his plan. The psalmist requested in Psalm 119, verse 169, that the Lord would give him understanding according to God's word. May that be our prayer. That we would not trust our own understanding and said that we would receive understanding from the Lord. Matthew Henry said this when commentating on Proverbs 3. He says this, We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts, believing he is able and wise to do what is best. Those who know themselves find their own understandings a broken reed, which if they lean upon will fail. Do not design anything but what is lawful and beg God to direct thee in every case. Though it may seem quite plain, in all our ways that prove pleasant, in which we gain our point, we must acknowledge God with thankfulness. In all our ways that prove uncomfortable and that are hedged up with thorns, we must acknowledge him with submission. It is promised, he shall direct thy path, so that thy way shall be safe and good and happy at last. As Matthew Henry said, our understanding is a broken reed. It truly is broken. It may look so good in our eyes, but it is broken. So we must stop relying on our own wisdom and ability and trust in God fully with our entire heart, all our days. Then verse six says this, 
In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. We are commanded to know him. The literary meaning of acknowledge literally means to know. We must know the Lord. We must learn and know about God's character, his plan, his ways through scripture. And as we walk, we must recognize that he is God. We must recognize that our ways don't always align with his ways. Isaiah 58 verses 8 through 9 say this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares Yahweh. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. His ways, his thoughts are so much higher than our own. So we must know and remind ourselves every day that he is God and we are not. His ways are ultimate. Our ways are not. Solomon in verse 7 will call the listener to reject wisdom in his own eyes and find wisdom in God ultimately. We must pursue true wisdom in God's eyes. As we recognize the differences between our ways and God's ways, we should be dependent every day on the Lord. Trusting that he will lead our days, that he is sovereign, and that he is good. Solomon writes in Proverbs 16, verse 3, Commit your works to Yahweh, and your plans will be established. Oh, may we worship him at the beginning of our path in a given day and worship him and seek his guidance every day. Before we get out of bed in the morning, may we commit our day to him, asking him for strength for the day, that he would guide it, that we would let go of our plans and trust in him, and that God would be glorified through it all. God is a sovereign God. So go trust him with your life, your plans, and your paths. He is God, and he will lead those paths well. Then Solomon writes, and he will make your paths straight. Because God is both all-knowing, and all-powerful, we must remember that his paths are infinitely better. Knowing that his paths are better should cause us to rest well. Knowing that God has our paths. God has them. God's paths are so much better than our own path, and it's not even comparable. God's paths are infinitely better, sweeter, wiser than our own. 
God makes the pass straight, not us. The prophet Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 10, 23, I know, O Yahweh, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is, nor is it in a man who walks to direct his steps. Our paths are ultimately not our own. As much as we think they are our ways, ultimately it is God's path that we are on. The path God puts us on will be the wise, straight, and true path, but it won't always appear that way in our eyes and thoughts. We love building our own paths. And when our paths don't happen, we become frustrated, angry, anxious. But we must remember the paths God is leading us on are the best paths. And they may not appear the straightest path in our human eyes. But as we walk in his path, we will see how straight, good, and true the Lord's paths were. So what are we to do? We must obey. We must pursue faithful obedience to his way and commands every day for the rest of our lives. Delight in God's word with a great trust in him as God and obey him as the Lord of our life. Life will be so sweet when we trust in him and obey him. Think of the lyrics of the old hymn, Trust and Obey, which says this. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief or a loss, not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. But we can never prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows, for the joy he bestows, are for them who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet or will walk by his side in the way. What he says, we will do. Where he sends, we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. This is what we must do as believers. Trust and obey. Trust that he is God. Know and remind yourself of his glorious character and nature and how he works through reading scripture. Get to know God deeply and sweetly. Then obey by the grace he supplies every day. Be faithful to obey today.
Then do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. Stop trying to play God. Stop trying to make your pass way in advance and just trust him today. And every day, the Lord grants you on this earth. He is God. He is the all-wise, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present God who abounds in steadfast love and steadfast mercy, the God of all comfort, a righteous God. He is a just God who will punish sin, but sent Christ to die for our sins. And three days later, Christ rose again and is now seated at the right hand of God. Go trust him with everything and for everything. Trust in him for salvation. Trust in him with your life. Trust in him during sickness. Trust in him during health. Trust in him when the pain is strong. Trust in him when the sorrow is long. Trust in him when this life is hard and when life is easy. Go trust him. Trust him in the morning light. Trust him in the midday sun. Trust him in the afternoon shade. Trust him in the sunset. Trust him in the darkness of the night. Trust him every day in every part of the day. Stop fretting over your life. Stop worrying about your life. Stop fearing the future. Stop being anxious about what might happen. Stop complaining about hardships. Stop being discontented. When the Lord withholds something, stop being ungrateful. Stop holding on to your own wisdom and stop trying to play God. And think you are justified by how you act when the Lord withholds or leads in a way different than your own path. Go trust in God completely, fully, with everything. Because he knows all things, is sovereign over all things, the creator of this world, and the sustainer of all things. And he knows the hairs on our head and the length of our life. Go trust him this hour. Go trust him this day. Go trust him this week, this year. Go trust him with your life in everything because we are commanded to trust. He is worthy of our trust and is the only place where our trust should be. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your glorious word that is good for our souls. That cuts at our hearts. That shows us our sin. Lord, we pray that you would help us to guard your commands. In a day and age when it is much easier to 
neglect your word, to reject it, to explain it away, Lord. Help us to hear your word, obey your word, and guard your word. Help us, Lord, to hold your word close to our hearts. Help us to not depart from it, but help us by your grace to hold fast to your word. And Lord, help us to trust in you completely with everything. Let our minds fully trust. Let our hearts fully trust in you with everything for everything, Lord. You have this life. You are sovereign over our days. You are sovereign over our life. Help us, Lord, to stop trying to play God. Stop, Lord, help us to to stop trying to justify ourselves and how we feel and our emotions and so many different things. When you change our past, when you lead us in a way that's different than what we were thinking. Lord, help us to trust. To trust in you fully with everything in every second in every day that you give us. Because Lord, I believe that this subject, the subject of trust, is one of the hardest traits in the Christian life. That we are commanded to let go of our wisdom, our understanding our plans and abilities and and trust it in your hand, resting that that you will guide our days, that you will give us the, the strength to obey and you will help us to obey what you call us to do. Lord, help us to trust. With the totality of our lives, with every part of our beings, with every hour, with every second that you give us, Lord, help us to trust in you. Help us to reject our own understanding and put our understanding under your word, your nature, your plan, and submit our lives to you. Help us, Lord, to be obedient and faithful. Help us to trust in you fully with every ounce of strength that you give us. Lord, in your son's name we pray. Amen. We trust you were challenged by the word of the Lord and invite you to join us again if you'd like to learn more about our ministry in Montrose or want to connect with Pastor Matt. Come worship with us at 9.30 every Sunday along Lake Avenue 